Welcome to the Raised with Jesus podcast, 10 minutes every day where the life of Jesus meets yours. You've got your daily Bible reading today looking at 2 Corinthians chapters 4 and 5. 2 Corinthians 4 Therefore, since we have this ministry as a result of the mercy shown to us, we are not discouraged. On the contrary, we have renounced shameful underhanded methods. We do not operate in a deceitful way, and we do not distort the word of God. Instead, by proclaiming the truth clearly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled among those who are perishing. In the case of those people, the God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from clearly seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is God's image. Indeed, we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For the God who said, Light will shine out of darkness, is the same one who made light shine in our hearts, to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the person of Jesus Christ. We hold this treasure in clay jars to show that its extraordinary power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed, perplexed, yet not despairing, persecuted, yet not forsaken, struck down, yet not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of the Lord Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. To be sure, while we are living, we are continually being handed over to death because of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our mortal flesh. So then, death is working in us, but life is working in you. Since we have that same spirit of faith, which corresponds to what is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken, We also believe, and therefore we speak. For we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus, and bring us together with you into his presence. In fact, all this is for your benefit, so that as grace increases, it will overflow to the glory of God, as more and more people give thanks. Therefore we are not discouraged. But even if our outer self is wasting away, yet our inner self is being renewed day by day, Yes, our light, momentary trouble produces for us an eternal weight of glory that is far beyond any comparison. We are not focusing on what is seen, but on what is not seen. For the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal. This is the word of our God. Two notes here on Second Corinthians chapter 4. The first one, um, talking about verses 13 and 14. Since we have that same spirit of faith which corresponds to what is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken, we also believe, and therefore we speak. For we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus, bring us together with you into his presence. Talk about confidence. Confidence in a Christian confession that it is absolutely illogical to say, I believe this, but I'm going to keep it to myself, that this is what I believe, and it's absolutely life-changing, and it's it makes the difference between life and death. It changes your eternal destination between heaven and hell, but I'm going to keep this to myself because I don't want to hurt your feelings. I don't want to appear, um, appear bigoted or small-minded. I don't want to appear like I'm the one who has a corner on the absolute truth. Christian confession, yes, means compassion. It also means confidence, that there's no place for arrogance. There's no place for, um, for looking down on others for what they believe, but there is a place for compassion, compassion for where they are, 
for an understanding that that they might be deluded, that they might um, and likely are trapped in the snare of the devil, and that their sinful flesh goes along with it, with that confidence that that only the sinful flesh can muster, that everything is okay, that even though even though I am I'm not God, <laughs> I think I've got it figured out. But the Christian says, we believe, therefore we speak, and we believe in the one who raises the dead, and therefore we speak with confidence and with compassion. And then verses 16 through 18, the closing paragraph, you can review those yourselves, verses 16, 17, and 18, that we are not discouraged, that our inner self is being renewed day by day, and the trouble we are going through now is light and momentary in comparison to the surpassing glory that, uh, that we will see one day. Light and momentary trouble, talking about the loss of a loved one, talking about the loss of personal safety or security, talking about um, everything, every cross that one might carry in this world, whether it's disease and death or just worry and anxiety. Light and momentary, what do you mean? Well, Paul helps us zoom out and see things from God's perspective, that the trouble that you are troubled with now provides an opportunity for fellow Christians to comfort one another with the comfort that we ourselves have received from Christ. And that kind of encapsulates the first four chapters, that we share this comfort together, that it's like this victory parade that, start, that started in the streets of hell with the descent of Jesus and the victory parade spreading everywhere the scent of the gospel to the glory of God. And we share that gospel with confident compassion, and we look to one another to comfort one another with that same confident compassion with the comfort that we ourselves have received from Christ, that even if you are troubled at this time, no matter what it may be, you have a Savior who cares about you, who raised himself from the dead, and who has promised an eternal glory that far surpasses to the extent that the trouble that you are severely experiencing, perhaps even, is is going to be just the the light and momentary, just like the weight of a paperclip, not the thousand pounds of bricks on your back is what it feels like right now. But in comparison, Jesus promises you an eternal heaven with him based on his forgiveness and his resurrection. And that all that kind of leads into uh, 2 Corinthians 5, as Paul turns his attention more toward this discussion of heaven. 2 Corinthians 5, now we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal home in heaven, which is not made by human hands. In fact, the reason we groan is that we long to be clothed with our dwelling from heaven. If we do indeed put it on, we will certainly not be found naked. To be sure, while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened, because we do not want to be unclothed, but to be clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life." Now the one who prepared us for this very purpose is God, who gave us the Spirit as a down payment. Therefore we are always confident, and know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. But we are confident, and would much prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord, and for this reason we make it our goal to please Him, whether we are at home or away. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he did while in the body, whether good or bad. So, since we know the fear of the Lord, we are trying to persuade people. Now we are well known by God, and I hope that we are also well known in your consciences. 
We are not commending ourselves to you again, but we are giving you an opportunity to boast about us, so that you may have a reply for those who boast about outward appearance rather than what is in the heart. Actually, if we were out of our minds, it was for God. If we are in our right minds, it is for you. For the love of Christ compels us, because we came to this conclusion. One died for all, therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live would no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for him, but for him who died in their place and was raised again. As, re, as a result, from now on we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we knew Christ according to the flesh, we no longer know him that way. So then, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, the new has come. And all these things are from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And he has entrusted to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, inasmuch as God is making an appeal through us. We urge you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who did not know sin to become sin for us, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Chapters 4 and 5 and 6, as we talk about the contrast of Christian ministry, at least into the opening verses of chapter 6, talk about the difference between and the contrast between temporary jars of clay and enduring treasure in Christ, that as long as we live in this world, everything is temporary. Our successes are temporary. Our peace and security and safety are temporary. Um, the only thing that has permanence is what Jesus has bought with his blood. And that was, that was a comment that one of my father's friends said to him at the birth of my older brother, who was their firstborn. And my father's friend uh, named Mike said to my dad at the birth of his firstborn that now you have something that can go to heaven with you. <laughs> that was basically the gist of it, but that was, you know, a good 35, 40 years ago, and it was secondhand that I've heard it. But the, the sentiment, the idea is there, that you are an eternal person, that you, yes, you had a beginning, um, but your soul will live forever. And after, after the resurrection of the dead, you will live forever, body and soul, because Jesus has bought you and Jesus has made you his own and Jesus has reconciled you to himself. And so in that respect, everything that we see in this world is temporary. Um, even, even the things that we treasure will be burned up at the last day as we look ahead to the return of, as we look ahead to that eternal mansion that Jesus has prepared for us. So how does the permanent nature of our human existence change our lives today? Because yes, you will be raised from the dead and everyone that you see will be raised from the dead. The question is, will they be raised to a joyful reunion with Christ or will they be raised to stand before him in fear? And Paul says that we have been given this message, this ministry of reconciliation to announce to the world that, yes, you have been reconciled, that Jesus has done it all, that um, verses 19 through 21, some of the most beautiful verses in all of scripture, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. That's the first half of the verse. And the second half of the verse, um, Paul defines all those terms. Reconciling means not counting people's sins against them. Um, when he says the world, he says all people, not counting their trespasses against them. And this message of reconciliation is what we share, that we work together 
that we support one another, that we comfort one another. And this message of reconciliation brings eternal salvation as it is communicated and brought to human hearts through words that strike the ear and sink into the heart through the work of the Spirit, through water that dribbles off a baby's head as pastor um, baptizes or another Christian baptizes in an emergency. As you take and eat and take and drink, there your forgiveness is given to you again. And there Jesus reminds you, Yes, you have been reconciled. You have a different purpose for being here. You have a different worldview entirely. You have a different reason and a different understanding of what matters. Because what really matters, what really matters is the fact that there is life after this life. And this little dot of 50, 60, 70 years, 80 years perhaps is of your lifetime is just a tiny little dot on the timeline of eternity. But this is the time that Jesus has given to us to share this message of reconciliation together. And this is the time when he works through those words and those offerings, when he answers those prayers, and he brings another back into this, under this umbrella of reconciliation, where they have been reconciled, and that reconciliation has been brought home to their heart. And that is the ministry that we share, that through the words and the works that Jesus does, he brings another to this comfort that we have. And so as you go about your day, what does that look like? What does it look like to comfort one another, to pray for one another, to you know pray thy kingdom come, that the, the kingdom of Jesus may be brought to many more? What does it look like to treasure this eternal fellowship that we share as of something of greater worth than anything the world could throw our way? What does it look like to value Jesus above everything else, above even our own reputation, to value Jesus even when others might, others might ridicule you? What does it look like to sit down and discern and decide, how can I use God's money for God's glory for the greatest return on this investment? Uh, maybe it's an investment, you know, like, like dog coin that goes up 50,000% over the course of six months or something crazy like that. But that still doesn't compare with the investment that Jesus brings about the return to bring in one more soul into the mansions of heaven. And that makes it worth it. That in the viewpoint of eternity, even one soul, one soul is worth every expense. And so as I go about your day, just take a moment to pray in that regard and look for opportunities to share this message of reconciliation. Maybe it's somebody that you know that your pastor should know, or maybe it's somebody that you know that you've been talking with for a while and, and you need a little bit more direction. Like, how can I encourage this person to come to church? How can I speak more confidently about the grace that we have in Christ? How can I, how can I share this message of reconciliation with one more person that they too may stand with me at the foot of the cross and look ahead to that day when Christ will return in victory. Thanks so much for joining us here at the Raised with Jesus podcast. God bless your day.